Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. Can you imagine playing Chrysler's violin? Well, if you're Francisco Friana, you don't have to imagine. He is lucky enough to get to play the 1735 Guarneri del Jesu Mary Portman X Chrysler violin, thanks to Clement and Karen Arison through the Stradivari Society of Chicago. He joins me in this episode to nerd out on fine violins. His words, not mine, although we love a bit of nerdery here at the Strad. Speaking about his relationship he's cultivated with this violin over six years of playing and exploring the instrument. Francisco also shares how the violin contributed specifically to his new album, Spanish Light, which comprises works by Spanish composers including Torina, Sarasate, Granados, and more. Here's Francisco. Francisco, welcome to the Strad Podcast. You've got a new album coming out called Spanish Light, uh, music from Spain, as the title suggests. We're here today to talk a bit about the instrument that you've been playing on, the instrument that you've used on the album. You're very lucky to play a Guarneri del Jesu violin, 1735 Mary Portman X Chrysler violin. We all know that not many people get the opportunity to play a Guarneri del Jesu. So first of all, tell me, how did you acquire the violin? How did it end up in your hands? Yes, yeah, so well, thank you so much for, for having me. It's, of course, a, an honor and something that, I don't know, like when you're growing up and things like that, you, you know, like if they told you, as like 12-year-old me, right, <laughs> that I would get to play and travel and perform on uh, on such an incredible instrument, it, you know, it would kind of blow my mind. Every morning when I open the case to practice, uh, I kind of, you know, um, I don't know, pinch myself to, <laughs> uh, to, to make sure it's real. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been a recipient of, of an instrument, uh, since 2013 of the Stradivari Society of Chicago. Um, they are probably the largest foundation in, in the U.S. where, you know, I'm originally from Spain, but I've been living in the U.S. for quite a while now. And... I was able to kind of, you know, get in touch with them and uh, audition and play for uh, the owner of a different violin. Uh, I played actually for a couple of years on a Peter Guarneri, of the, the uncle of uh, of Giuseppe. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I won a competition. I had a strat from them for a while. And then when I went back uh, to the foundation, uh, I was like, well, I then I have to return this instrument for the next winner uh, in like six months. It's like... Do you, you know, is this something that we can look into to, you know, have a different instrument to, to play on after this one? And yeah, they were like, well, I'm not sure. So, well, why don't you try this? And they pulled it out of the safe. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know what it was um, in terms of, I mean, it looked like a Del Jesus, so, you know, kind of a so, but I didn't know the instrument itself. And instantly I was like, this is the, the best instrument I've ever played in my life. Like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> And uh, the foundation uh, pressed into the time. She said, okay, well, uh, come back in a few months and we'll, we'll have a conversation and I'll introduce you to the, the owner of this instrument and, you know, we'll kind of go from there. But yeah, it was an instant connection. I mean, really love at first sight. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. It's nice that you didn't mm-hmm. know it was Del Jesu because I, I feel like having that knowledge might color someone's judgment. And so for you just to have that instant connection straight away and then find out later, oh, this is made by one of the greatest <laughs> makers uh, ever existed it's yeah it's it's quite a special thing in that way so you've been playing this instrument for a number of years now tell me a little bit about how it's evolved mm-hmm. and also how your playing has evolved because the journey of, of playing and 
the instrument go alongside each other. What made this instrument so special in that connection that I talked so intense was that, you know, with these big old Italian, you know, kind of incredible sounding old Italian instruments, uh, I always say they have a huge personality. I mean, you know, the, also the, almost the, the fancier and the more incredible the instrument is, the bigger the personality. So then the match has to be almost more precise, one could say, than if you have a really nice modern, you know, violin violin. What allowed me from the very beginning was to kind of explore my voice and my music making, my playing, in a way where it felt extremely direct from myself to, to the audience, if that makes sense. I, I felt like before, even with something like a Strad, like the Strad I had before, which is a beautiful instrument, I had to really adapt and kind of be extremely conscious of how the instrument responded and how I had to change or kind of adapt my playing, my physicality, the way I draw my bow, things like that, uh, the way I make the sound uh, to the instrument itself. But this one really allowed me to kind of just naturally get there without even thinking about it. So it was almost like one less step, you know, to, to communicate with the audience what, you know, what one has in their head, you know. So that was amazing. And, and that happened very quickly, like really from the beginning, as I said, even from the first time I tried it. Over the years, okay, we've, <laughs> we as in like a couple, <laughs> uh, have like really gotten to know each other and to kind of grow together. Uh, I would say that over the past now, like, I think I maybe through the pandemic, so especially when, of course, you know, I, I have a lot of to kind of explore and have uh, you know, time with myself without any concerts and things like that. Unfortunately, we all did. But uh, I was really able to explore the resonance of the, of the instrument and kind of really focus my playing and finding the sound through the instrument itself. So like the way what I'm meaning is like there when you're playing, you know, really any note, there's always this sweet spot of, you know, contact point pressure, bow speed, uh, of how your finger, the angle of your finger of your left hand, you know, things like that, uh, where you can really, like, you know, the, your, your elbow weight, where you can really feel the instrument come alive. And if you really use that, uh, and, you know, it takes quite a while, of course, to kind of explore it and get used to it and then apply it to, like, hard passages that you've been playing for years, right? Like, uh, concerto that, that you've played a bunch and you've really changed and be really specific about the way you're playing each note, then the instrument comes to life and actually projects a lot better. It creates much more resonance. Uh, the sound carries, you know, to much further. And I would say it creates this emotional reaction to the listener when the sound is received that is more pure and more intense than if you're just kind of trying to play without looking for that. So no, that's been my biggest, it was a discovery with the instrument in the past couple of years. And something that's really changed, has changed my playing a lot, I think, I hope for the better. Yeah, unlocking something really special from the instrument. And obviously, as you mentioned, it takes a long time to discover, um, to go through that journey, to have many years. So how long will you get to play this instrument for? I mean, do you have to give it back? And what more do you want from the instrument going ahead? So the way it works is obviously it's a year-to-year -year kind of agreement or, you know, conversation. The owner, Clement and Karen Harrisons, are incredibly uh, generous and thoughtful. And we have a really beautiful relationship and friendship that we've, you know, that we've developed. Karen is a really an incredibly kind lady, actually very knowledgeable in terms of uh, fit of instruments. Uh, she has multiple uh, of them and... She's always been uh, incredibly encouraging of how good me and 
uh, Miss Mary, as she calls the violin, uh, fit together. So that's, that's been really, really, really nice to have that close, you know, friendship. And in terms of what I'm hoping for the future, I mean, I think when you have such a close uh, relationship with an instrument, and, you know, again, it's been six years now, it just feels very, very natural. And I think we're I'm at a place where it really feels like it's my voice and it's so easy to just like express myself with it and really just explore deeper the possibilities of, of music making and of playing with others and really really enjoying I've been really enjoying this journey of sound over as I said over the past couple of years and I'm just hoping to kind of keep developing that yeah I mean you're super happy speaking about it I hope that you get to play it for many many years <laughs> I, I won't give it back <laughs> Speaking of this instrument, um, you've used this instrument on your new album of Spanish music called Spanish Light, as we mentioned earlier. So we've spoken a lot about discovering, you know, the sweet spot of an instrument, making your voice really amplified through the violin itself. So how do you feel this particular instrument has enabled you to capture particular characteristics of Spanish music that you want to portray in the album? Just two things I, I think you would enjoy hearing. One was actually, I was extremely fortunate to work with an amazing team, uh, the, both the engineer and the, and the producer. Um, uh, Ivan, uh, Ivan has, uh, the, the engineer has you know, done uh, hundreds of uh, discs and you know, just extremely knowledgeable and really aware of where you are in the recording session, if that makes sense, you know, in terms of your your mood and your sound and all those things. And he's actually an amazing uh, pianist himself. So it was really cool because we would, you know, like it takes always a little bit of time to kind of warm up and get used to the, the recording setting every morning that you start the recording sessions. But we would get to this point where all of a sudden both of us would be like, oh my gosh, like, we just now we have this like the instrument you know we said like something like it it turned like all the way on <laughs> like all of a sudden like it was just buzzing in in this like you know it's almost a incredibly exciting way that you can literally feel it in terms of vibrations and obviously it's probably most of it has to do with my body you know kind of getting really warmed up and really kind of in the zone and your ear getting used to it but then yeah we were really again using the sound to kind of really tell us okay now we need to like really make the best takes and i would say probably i'm sure if not 100 maybe 90 percent of the takes that we ended up using on the disc come from those moments those periods of time in terms of the sound itself and what the instrument gives me the spanish music that i recorded of course the sarasates um, the turina uh, and the granados it has this duality of both this incredibly intense, dark, uh, kind of, you know, what you think of like that deep voice flamenco, right? Uh, folk, Spanish folk music, um, which is incredibly emotional and incredibly, very almost guttural at times, physical, extremely physical. That instrument really has this, and that's the beauty about it. I mean, that famous G strings that a lot of Del Jesus are known for. That like almost wood, wood like like woody, raspy, you know, throaty sound uh, that's like overwhelms you. It's perfect for the music, you know, that I recorded for that intensity. But also, a lot of the other side of it is that sentimental, sweet, shiny lightness. I'm thinking of something like, you know, like this, the slow part of Sigourney Bison in Sarasate or the opening of Granada's Violin Sonata, which, you know, almost feels like from, from another world, like it's like somebody is just waking up or, I don't know, the way I think about it, it's almost like a new life is starting, uh, which is, you know, quiet, triple P. Um, and this instrument, and this is... Maybe just my theory, but I think because when Chrysler, you know, purchased it back in the day, I would guess that the reason why he did 
uh, fall in love with the instrument was because of this middle register that is incredibly sweet, uh, that is incredibly warm and I would say like you know it gets it always like my, you know my hair sticking out <laughs> always gives me the you know the, the feels in that way that middle register it's actually much more rare uh, for Guarneri's to to have that quality to avoid to like kind of go away completely from that dark big you know overwhelming sound and just find an incredibly intimate and sweet sound that contrast is super fun to explore in this repertoire specifically yeah because it's, it's a lot of composers that you're representing a lot mm. of works that are represented on the disc and it must feel good to not only have an instrument that is so versatile but is also a direct link to one of the greatest <laughs> violinists of our time it's right? crazy i mean that I, yeah that every time uh, and of course, uh, you know the last uh, the last disc that, disc that we did with uh, with Orchid, we included a couple of Chrysler pieces, and yeah, it just blows my mind <laughs> to, to to realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like playing Chrysler on Chrysler's yeah, violin, like, it's like he's in the room. Kind yeah, of like it's like what? Like how is this? <laughs> how is this a thing? <laughs> I know. Yeah, speaking from beyond the grave. Well, yeah. I mean that's the thing. Our violins do outlive us, so yeah. there is a reason why I guess it's called the X Chrysler mm -hmm. and the. Is, was Mary Portman, was she a violinist? Yeah, so she was She was actually English. She was, um, was a wealthy amateur violinist, but they actually had an incredible connection to the instrument, protected it, uh, I want to say, during World War One, and took care of it. And actually, towards the end of her life, it was her most like precious possession, and towards the end of her life, she actually started building a, a hall in this castle in Austria, in the Alps, you know, according to her letters, uh, wanted to kind of honor the sound of the instrument and uh, was kind of built specifically for the instrument that he played in there. And then she never quite finished it. She never saw it finished. Uh, yeah, actually, it's still that castle and that hall. It still exists. Oh, well, that's fascinating. So, so your next mission is to play Chrysler on Chrysler's violin in Mary Portman's Hall. Right. I agree. And then I know. that'll just be a culmination of all the history <laughs> in that one location on that one violin. I love that. Yeah, I still have not done that. It's actually a hotel, believe it or not, at the at the moment. That that whole you know yeah. complex. So, but yeah, it's something that I should definitely do. That sounds like an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, yes. let us know when you do. Of course, <laughs> Francisco. Thank you so much for sharing the history of this interesting violin. It's really really cool to hear about your approach on how you're playing such a historic instrument. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, that's it's always fun to you know kind of nerd out about <laughs> instruments and kind of get into the weeds of what makes it you know like that connection is special so thank yeah. you so well, much well that's what we do on the strad podcast we nerd out <laughs> <laughs> i love it francisco friana's album spanish light is out on orchid classics from 21st of july where you'll hear the del jesu in action so check the show notes for more info and don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for 7 days, start reading right away with no strings attached. Also, if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. It will help other people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye. <laughs>